If you suffer from ED, 15 minutes could change your life. Peak Performance for Men offers a revolutionary treatment called Focus Linear Compression Therapy. There's no pain, no needles, and no downtime. Now, Peak Performance for Men is offering six sessions free with qualifying treatment protocol enrollment. There's never been a better time or a better deal to fix ED. Call Columbus's only trusted Focus Linear Compression Therapy provider today at 614-739-8181. That's 614-739-8181. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Hi, folks. Thanks for tuning in to episode six of the Michiana People podcast. In this episode, I talked to Corinne Strait-Reed. Corinne is the associate producer of Politically Speaking on WNIT Public Television, is finishing her degree in political science, and is the mother of a first and a third third grader. Yes, she's busy. Corinne and I talked about politically speaking, local and national politics, and raising children in a non-religious home. It's a very interesting conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Mapletronics Computers. We know that you need technology to run your home and run your business, and we can help. Whether you're looking to buy the hottest new PC or your computer is locked up, blue screened, or caught on fire, Mapletronics can help. As a Michiana People podcast listener, you get exclusive access to promotions designed just for you. Let's get right to the promotion. It's absolutely free stuff. Go to mapletronics.com forward slash Michiana People and you will get something that's absolutely free, no obligation. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. We're also sponsored by MSW, MSW Marketing Services. Uh, put my website together and Grant has helped me with my logo and many other things. The uh, logo you see on the podcast mobile was designed by Grant and the logo on the website as well. Grant is kind of a social media expert, so if you need social media to get the word out about your product or service or your business and you want somebody to demystify it and take care of it for you, Grant is the guy to go to. You can find MSW on facebook.com forward slash MSW Michiana. Or you can also give Grant a call at 574-606-6696. I'd also like to throw out a couple things. I am looking for somebody to put together a little ditty, a song to start out the podcast. Uh, I hear a lot of podcasts with original music, and I think that's pretty cool. I would like a a local artist to do something for me like that, uh, anywhere from, I guess, 15 to 30 seconds long. I can't give you anything except for credit for the song and a big thank you, but if anybody's interested, you can email me at scott at michianapeople.com or you can grab me on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash michianapeoplepodcast. I'll answer either way. I'm also looking for feedback from you. If you like what you hear, let me know. If you know somebody who would be a good guest, forward that on to me. If there's something you don't like about it, can't really change my voice, but uh, if there's any anything that you uh, would change about it, let me know that too, and 
Once again, you can do that through email, scott at michiganapeople.com or the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Michiana People Podcast. And let's get to the show. Thank you for tuning in to the Michiana People Podcast. Today's guest is Corinne Strait-Reed. Corinne is an associate producer of Politically Speaking at WNIT Public Television, mother of two, and finishing her degree in political science at IUSB, graduating in May, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, well, welcome to the show, Corinne. Well, thank you for having me. It looks like you got a lot on your plate. Yes. <laughs> you'll have one I sure less, do. Yeah, you'll have one less thing on your plate in just a few weeks here, right? It's it's creeping up. I keep looking at the calendar, and I am yeah. marking off the days. Yeah, yeah I've got... Six. I graduate on May tenth, so okay. six weeks maybe. Yeah, okay. five weeks, but a lot of work crammed yeah. into those last few weeks. So finals and projects. Yes, both. Yeah, yeah. I have a big research paper um, that I'm writing for my senior seminar. Uh-huh. And I'm um, presenting at a research conference for okay. another research paper I wrote last year. Um, yeah, and then have a project and a couple of finals. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I, I'm lucky that I can roll my work at um, WNIT and politically speaking, I it's part of an internship. Okay. Um, so I get to, I just record a work log and report to my professor what oh, I great. do. So I get some credit for that. So my class load isn't as heavy, but yeah. the, the credits are certainly, yeah. certainly there. Well, I, as we were talking before, my son's graduating about yeah. the same time you are, and and I asked him if he was coasting to the end, and he says he's got two weeks of uh, of uh, pure hell until uh-huh. until until he graduates. He says, but if that's the worst I got, then I'll be okay. So he's couple more weeks and he's ready to go. As far as politically speaking is concerned, you, you mentioned that as an internship. How, how did that gig come about? Well, so I, in the fall of last year, I signed up, well, I guess I registered before then, but um, mm-hmm. I started taking a class on politically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, the host, Elizabeth Benyon, is a professor at IUSB. Okay. Um, and she was teaching a class surrounding the show and um, where the students did a lot of research and mm-hmm. did call screening in the studio and that sort of thing. Right. Um, and the person that was producing the show, uh, the first episodes didn't start until October. So we had about five weeks of, of classwork mm-hmm. ahead of time and the producer dropped out. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah. About two weeks or so before we started um, for the 18th um, so it was actually the 25th season, but the uh-huh. 18th full season. So they were kind of scrambling. And um, in my previous life, before I went back to school, I worked for the Elkhart Truth. So I have some some media experience, and uh-huh. I was their political um, advertising okay. uh, special t- specialist. And yeah. I'm a polit- politics junkie. Okay. Um, so this sounded something like that would be really fun. I got to do a lot of research and which is what I like to do. And right. so she pitched my name to the executive uh, producer at the station and uh-huh. he called me up and we met and we really hit it off. And um, it's been a really cool experience. So really right place at the right time, yeah. Yeah. Um, having a little bit of experience and a little bit of, of desire. So. Right. Right. It's yeah, an, the stars aligned. <laughs> yeah, and it's a neat show too. Yeah. If, if you want to know what's going on in local politics and and the, the subject matter is always very timely. Yeah. And you do get good guests. I I watched the one on uh, marijuana legislation mm-hmm. and with uh, uh, Curtis Hill was yep. on it, and I thought that was a that was a pretty good debate. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I I think if you put uh, if you put Curtis Hill at the table, you're definitely going to yeah. get some good conversation. <laughs> yes. Yes. At least on one side. 
side of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the other two guests did well, too. As far as how you put a show together and subject matter and, and things like that, obviously, you're going after things that are kind of going on in the community now. Yeah. But how do you... How does it start from beginning to actually getting the guest on to getting it produced? <laughs> That's something I think about all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think, oh, how, how do I do this? Yeah. I, it really, we have kind of a framework where we focus around, you know, we kind of have, I guess, set shows mm -hmm. where there's a couple of legislative updates set for um, the season. There's, you know, especially in an election year, you know, we have, we'll cover the Michigan primary this uh -huh. time. We're going to cover Indiana primary. So we kind of have those shows set. Right. Um, and then as we go along, we just, we build in things that, that are timely. Okay. Um, you know, like the, the marijuana debate was something that was proposed again for the Indiana legislature mm -hmm. um, in this last session and, and didn't go anywhere once again. Right. Um, so it was another piece of legislation that was failed. So that felt like it was time to talk about mm -hmm. it. And we'd had a lot of news coming out of Colorado and other states that have legalized. So like coming up in a, um, this week, we're doing a full legislative update show with okay. Indiana and Michigan. Okay. Um, and that's an interesting part of it too, is trying to cover both states. Right. <laughs> it's such a huge area because um, yeah. we've got, I think we have 13 counties in Indiana and five in Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to, to bring that into each show is, is tricky. So right. we'll do Indiana and Michigan in this show. Um, and then coming up next week or week after, we're going to look at the Pokagon Band okay. um, agreement that they just signed with the city of South Bend right. to build a casino. Right. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So we're going to, you know, build a little bit of history into that on, right. you know, what, a, what is the Pokagon, Pokagon right. Band? A lot of people don't know about it. So, yeah. and how it plays into our politics. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of reading newspapers, following legislation. Right. Um, and then it kind of sparks, sparks ideas from there. Uh -huh. So I'm, I'm always curious at the bills that don't go anywhere in the legislature because I think there's a lot of conversation to be had around that. Right. And, okay, why was this proposed and it got no support? It right. didn't even get a hearing. Or, uh -huh. um, so I like I like to focus on that. So. Okay. That's cool. And, and the funny thing about having Indiana and Michigan so close and yet they're – their whole lawmaking system is so different. Yeah. You think when you're in the Midwest that everything is pretty much yeah. the same. You think of three states in the country. There's the, the East, uh, the West, and the, the Midwest. And, and everybody and, well, else, and, yeah. and, and we'll say four of the South. Yeah. But, I mean, they're to totally different set of laws between, yeah. between the two states So and, and different ways of getting to them, too. Going back to your degree, so you're gonna you're gonna walk out of out of the auditorium with a political science degree yes. here in just a few weeks. What do you want to do with it? Oh, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> what don't I want to do with it? I I guess I've been pretty lucky to um, kind of already be, be working uh -huh. in my field. I guess in a way, right. working in television, but primarily I'm working in politics. Mm -hmm. A lot of the um, the technical production side is not my specialty, so okay. I'm fortunate to work with wonderful producers that um, help me with that and a wonderful crew that helps me with that side. Right. Um, so they I, they let me do the nerd work. Cause uh -huh. I, so, <laughs> so I'm the one that's on my laptop at all hours of the night yeah. and searching and reading. And as far, um, yeah, I totally just forgot the question. Oh, go back. Where, where do you want to oh, take Oh, yeah, my degree. degree. There yeah. we go. Um, no, I, so I guess I, I am, like I said, I am a little lucky that I get to already kind of work with it. I uh -huh. think if I hadn't gotten this job, I probably would be looking at law school maybe okay. um, or be looking at some other master's 
program okay. to further right. uh, public affairs education or public policy. Okay. Um, so I think, yeah, I can maybe like the research side of it, continuing researching, helping right. write policy, working for think tanks or something, mm-hmm. or maybe even working for the legislature in some capacity. Okay. You ever see yourself as a uh, presidential candidate? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> it is funny though because my kids um, ask. I have a, a eight year old and seven year old. They're first and third graders, uh-huh. um, but they um, say, "Well, mom, well, you can run for president when you're 35, right?" Uh-huh. <laughs> and they say, "Well, just a couple more years." Yeah. <laughs> as if as soon as I turn 35, I'm yeah. just going to start running for president. <laughs> so that's to them, that's the only barrier that I face at this point. It's right. Just, right. Just okay. a couple more years. Yeah, and then maybe they'll forget about it when, when yeah, you do turn probably. 35. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that you've got a first and a third grader. Yeah. Um, we've we've talked a little bit before uh, we sat down for the interview, and you you mentioned you're raising your uh, children in a religion-free home. Yes. What do you see the differences on the way you're raising your children and, and somebody in a traditional religious home where they go to church every Sunday or every Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, or or, yeah. or whatever? What do you see the differences between that and what we would consider around here the traditional the traditional home. yes yeah. <laughs> um from i mean having having been raised in a traditionally religious home mm-hmm. i honestly i don't see a lot of differences okay. i think the you know perhaps the language is, is different okay. uh, maybe the the consequences are, are different it's right. it's not so much you know, there's somebody watching you or, mm-hmm. or, you know, is that what God wants you to do? Or is that what, you know, being in a primarily Christian community, you know, is that what Jesus wants you to do? Like, mm-hmm. well, what would Jesus do? Um, phenomena. And I, so for me, I think it's just the language that, okay. that is different. I mean, my kids are, are very well mannered and right. <laughs> have, have good moral compasses. And it's, it's more from I, just the perspective of we, we don't need religion to raise good people. Okay. It's it's something that I feel um very strongly is is misconstrued as morality and religion are are one. Right. And to have morality one must have religion. Right. And as we know there are plenty of crooked people on <laughs> in any religion and right. in any any belief system and it's right. it's not um it's not an excuse. It's mm-hmm. not a so I guess <laughs> You know, they, my kids can't say, no, I'm a good Christian. They don't mm-hmm. have that as, as a fallback. Right. Um, I'm just a good person. Right. So we just, we focus on, on being good people and being charitable people and, mm-hmm. um, you know, treating others how we would want to be treated. Right. Of course, you know, that's something that's preached in, in Christianity, but that's not right. a strictly Christian concept right. to treat others kindly. Right. So with them, with, with your children being in first and third grade, they've been in the mix with other children now. Mm-hmm. Have they had any experiences relating to how they're being raised and taught versus how the majority of the kids in their classroom are being taught? Have they come back to you with any with any comments? There have been a few times, um, especially the the older one, third grader, um, where friends have asked, you know, well, where do you go to church? Do you want to go to church with me? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to come to youth group? And um, and when he says, well, you know, I don't go to church. And I mean, I remember being a Christian kid and learning that a classmate right. didn't go to church and yeah. and was horrified by that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was something I was I was taught was a bad thing. And right. obviously that's a bad kid and they're, they're mm-hmm. not being raised correctly. Right. Um, so I try to help 
my kids find their voice in that of saying right. like, no, we just, we just don't go to church or mm-hmm. you know, we do other, other things as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were younger, they would go to youth group. I think, I think we stopped maybe when he was in first grade because mm-hmm. some of the literature that he was bringing home, I wasn't super comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I remember the one a workbook page he brought home where there was a scene of kids playing in a yard with eyes all around oh. they, had, they had to circle where the eyes were that were oh, looking okay. at them like they were doing something bad like yeah. it was the one kid that was trying to play with matches or something okay. there was like a set of eyes in the tree watching him okay. and, um, there was another kid who was trying to um, steal soda out of the fridge that he wasn't uh-huh. supposed to have and there were eyes watching him there oh, and I we brought that home and my husband and I looked and we're like oh I don't like that at all yeah, <laughs> so that, that could give you some nightmares it could, <laughs> yeah it could and, and, and the fact you know and he, he came home from, from this trip talking Talking about hell and mm-hmm. um, that that's where bad people go and mm-hmm. if, if you don't listen to the word of God and if you don't follow I'm like oh my goodness he's six right. like he's six and he's coming home and telling me about hell right um, which just blew my mind so I mean he has had some experiences where friends have invited invited him to church um, and where he's come home and mom I really want to go and we mm-hmm. kind of assess what church it is and what kind of program it is and then right. and then decide from there but um, I know that he's had friends that have said, well, what do you mean you don't go to church? And uh-huh. what do you mean your parents don't go to church? And right. it's kind of, it's struck and he's come home and said, oh yeah, so-and-so was surprised and this person was surprised. Uh-huh. And, and I think because a lot a lot of his teachers and classmates know me because I used to substitute uh-huh. um, in Concord schools also, which okay. is a great, great gig for a college student. Yeah. I can plug that. <laughs> substitute teach. It's right. wonderful. I've um, known a few. <laughs> yeah. It's great. You can pick your hours. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I think because a lot of them know me, um, that it, it strikes a lot of people as as odd. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would be, you know, a presence in the schools and a presence in the community. And, right. Um, and not have that Christian background and not be right. raising my kids in that way. So, right. I, th- I think it's probably hitting you a little bit harder than it is the kids right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because you've been through it. So, yes. yeah. So, I unfortunately, I think the kids, you know, as as they get older, they're going to they're going to understand more yep. that that they're a little bit different. different. And mm-hmm. so so say say when your third grader is 14 and he decides he wants to go to church on a regular basis, is that is is that okay or how how do you feel about that? I I don't think I don't think it would be okay. Okay. Um, and I, and I could say that for for any religion, I mm-hmm. think, you know, if you know he decides he wants to attend a mosque or a temple mm-hmm. or something, I think okay. we would say no to that also. Okay. I would definitely en- encourage that experience and would probably have that experience mm-hmm. with him going maybe once or twice to different right. different places, um, just so he could see what it's like. Mm-hmm. But then that commitment for me attending on a regular basis, I think, should just be made by adults. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you know. I was I had my first communion at five. And uh-huh. I was confirmed at fifteen. Yeah, I was raised Episcopalian, so okay. very close to Catholicism. But yeah. Um, you know, went through the confirmation and and it wasn't until after the confirmation that I really started reading the Bible yeah. like the first time, you know, when right. I was 16 and 17, um, actually started reading the book that I had already pledged my life to, uh-huh. um, which just really struck me as odd. Yeah. And there are there are a lot of us decisions that we don't let children make. Right. Um, and I think that's that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They right. can't. They can't buy a house if they can't vote. If they can't, right. you know, yeah, no, they don't need to be pledging themselves right. to a religion they can't possibly understand. Right. 
Right. So yeah, I would definitely encourage exploration and mm-hmm. maybe we would purchase a couple of texts and, and read them together. Um, and we've, we've done that a couple of times. Um, we, guess celebrated Hanukkah uh-huh. <laughs> during the season. We did, you know, of course they were excited just to get a present every night, but, yeah. um, but they had to tell me why Hanukkah is celebrated and uh-huh. why it's important to the Jewish people. Right. And, um, so we try to focus on big holidays. Mm-hmm. Like last week was um, Holly, uh, the Hindu holiday of spring. Okay. Um, and it was written in their assignment book. So both of them were like, oh mom, it's Holly. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know what that is. And <laughs> Google it. So we Googled it and yeah. it's really cool Hindu festival where they just pretty oh, much celebrate cool. spring and everybody yeah. wears bright colors. And uh-huh. um, so like, yeah, we don't celebrate that here, but Right. On the other side of the world. Today's a really big day. Right. Right. Um, so we try to incorporate, you know, lots of different mm-hmm. belief systems and right. really try to you know, remind them that good people come in all. Yeah. In all shapes and sizes. Right. That's but we cool. did get to have an interesting conversation. My family is very religious. Mm-hmm. And got a card from my grandparents. Easter card celebrating mm-hmm. the resurrection. So right. had to have that talk. Yeah. <laughs> that talk with my kids and. Um, yeah, and my little one actually said, which I'm sure my mother would love, but actually said, so it's a Jesus zombie. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I, uh, I'm like, well, not really. Yeah. <laughs> so out of the mouth of a seven-year-old, right, um, right. it's a Jesus zombie. So um, yeah, so it does lead to some some interesting conversations. Right, right. So we would never shy away or, or shut that right. talk down. Right, yeah. right. So you're... Totally, you're totally immersed in politics. Yes, and you're very you you understand how religion works and really look at it from an outside perspective. So, looking at politics and religion, <laughs> what role do you see it currently playing, and what how how far is this going to go? <sighs> It's such a heavy, such a heavy question. Yeah. I, I, I mean, each political season, I just get more and more, um, I guess, exasperated with mm-hmm. with the religious talk mm-hmm. and, and how important those two ideas have become together. I mean, mm-hmm. we have candidates who have to declare their faith in order to even be considered a serious mm-hmm. candidate, and they have to appeal to a certain demographic of the evangelical and mm-hmm. the values voter. Um, what we are sometimes labeled as here in the Midwest is values right. voters or down home values yeah. or Main Street or whatever whatever term they like to choose. Right. So they they're just they're so tightly intermingled that mm-hmm. I think I I don't see it changing anytime soon. Okay. It seems to be of coming fr- from a lot of fear, which is interesting to me um, mm-hmm. because I feel like the the folks who have the strongest faith should somehow have the least amount of fear. Like they're supposed to be so rooted in, in, right. in these values of this God that protects them and loves them and uh-huh. provides for them. Um, and yet they're the more, most fearful right. of, of the downfall uh-huh. of, of America. Right. You know, President Obama is just, oh, he's going to ruin everything. And, right. you know, and here we are eight years later and it's pretty much the same. Right. Um, so I, but and even looking at the numbers of how many folks would never vote for a Muslim presidential mm-hmm. candidate, um, let alone a Jewish presidential candidate, which uh-huh. I guess we could say Sanders is, but whether or not he's a practicing right. Jew, I think is in question. Right. Um, but you know, that where that Christian identity is, right. is equated with good mm-hmm. and with trustworthy and with moral, which just continues to, 
reinforce my feelings that I'm I'm separating that from my children, and, mm-hmm. and it's important to do so. Right. That that Christian does not mean good. Right. And you don't get to just say that and no 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 trust me I'm a Christian. Thinking of this in 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 terms of I could ask a question saying do you think we could ever have an atheist president? Mm-hmm. And I think it's I, I'm going to guess the answer from you would be no. <laughs> I would say I but well, I don't know. Um, okay. We could have already had an atheist president. Well, that that, that was the second <laughs> half of my question. I was leading you. That's something you can't you can't prove. Right. You know, I right. politicians say a lot of things right. to get us to vote for them. Right. So why wouldn't they tell us right. they're they're a Christian? I, I think mean, we've heard enough lies over the years uh-huh. I, I i've i've been around for 51 years almost 52 <laughs> years and i you know I, I i lived through watergate and had it ruin my uh, saturday cartoons for yeah. a couple weeks and <laughs> took over and have read a lot about nixon since then. i mean we, we've heard a lot of different lies yeah. uh, uh lying about religion is probably just as easy as lying about everything else we've heard so i i, I have to agree and and that's really where i was leading you is uh, uh, could we have a president who is atheist? And, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I think we both probably agree that we already have. Yeah. In a few, a few different cases, and not too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so. probably even more. I mean, I'm even thinking back, you know, to the earliest, early 20th century uh-huh. and in the 19th century. I mean, right. all of this, you know, focus on religion. I think we forget is is fairly recent. I mm-hmm. mean, it was. I think it uh, may be wrong here, but 1954-ish or something when we added, mm. you know, God to the Pledge of Allegiance and right. the under God part in the Pledge of Allegiance. And I think on our money, it was either a few years before or after that, mm-hmm. that God We Trust came in. Yep. Um, you know, the idea of of a Christian nation is, mm-hmm. is a fairly new right. concept. I mean, it's only in the last half century. Mm-hmm. Um, so atheist presidents, secular presidents, um, Deists, many of our founding fathers were, were deists, right. um, even though we like to put a lot of Christian values onto the words that they said. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case. So definitely even before the 1950s and 60s, I'm sure we had many, right. many who, right. were, who were atheists in some, or agnostic maybe mm-hmm. in some way. What do you think about the notion, and I see this a lot, that uh, the United States is a Christian nation? <laughs> I'm just setting you on fire. Yeah. Today. Oh, that's... That term, I tell you, that is so frustrating because it is such a contradiction from who we say we are. Uh-huh. We say we are a welcoming nation. We mm-hmm. say we are a nation, you know, a m- melting pot. We mm-hmm. say we are a nation of all different peoples and all different creeds. Right. And, and yet we need to elect Christian politicians and we need to hear these good Christian things come out of their out of their mouths and we need them to be seen going to church. And mm-hmm. be seen. It's just... It's so insulting as a person who's not a Christian, mm-hmm. who is a devoted voter and right. <laughs> as you know, civically engaged, and and to hear that segment of the population cast aside mm-hmm. so often, um, the non-Christians and and whoever they may be, whether Jews, Muslims, Hindus, and non-believers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge group of people. Right. That every time that you know we are a Christian nation or we have Christian values comes out of someone's mouth, it's just mm-hmm. it, it's very insulting. Right. It's very insulting. Right. And and it and it shows a lack of, I guess, humility to the world. I mean, a lot of things that we do that don't seem very Christian-like, a mm-hmm. lot of 
wars that we wage and the way that we talk about other people and other nations and yet right. and yet still fall back on, on a Christian nation. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's very contradictory. Yeah. I think humility is very fitting. Uh-huh. Uh, that, <laughs> I think that fits uh, very well. I'm not supposed to put my opinion in. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, well, that's I, it. I, I agree with you on that one. <laughs> it's it's a good word. It's something that it's something that we should all have. Yeah, switching right? gears just a little bit because you're so in tune with the, with the area of politics. We've mm-hmm. had some pretty big mayor changes. Elkhart, Goshen, mm-hmm. Mayor, mayor Pete's been around for a while. Uh, what do you see happening with the with the change in the in, in the mayors in uh, Goshen and Elkhart? Um, it's been interesting. I wasn't, I guess I was a little more surprised in Goshen because um, mm-hmm. that, that seemed to be a closer race um, right. than, than the Elkhart race. Um, and it drove a pretty high voter turnout. That was exciting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. which still, I think it was only 27%, which is still <laughs> like the, for us to get a 27% ish. Yeah you know, turnout yeah. for us to say, oh, yay, that's a high voter turnout. That's right. really depressing. Yeah. But Elkhart, yeah, Tim Neese kind of won in a landslide there. And uh-huh. I think I think a lot of people saw that coming. Yeah. I, I was shocked that um, uh, Dick Moore even said he was running again. Uh-huh. I was I was really surprised by that, that, yeah. he, that he was going to go for a third term. Right. But we had the opportunity on our show to talk with Mayor Neese and um, he spoke very highly of, of his predecessor and mm-hmm. can, is continuing a lot of the policies that Mayor Moore had gotten the ball rolling on. Right. Um, so I think it was a lot of we need change mm-hmm. talk, which right. which really inspires people. Just the word change. Uh-huh. Everybody feels good about it. <laughs> um, they feel like, oh, like change, you know, for some people who are so like, entrenched in, in their way of life and, uh-huh. you know, couldn't even imagine going to a different place to get their coffee. Like all of a sudden changing the administration of their city is yeah. the best decision they could make. Yeah. I find, I find really fascinating. Right. So um, they can, so they can continue on with the things that were started in the with, previous administration. With the previous administration. Yeah. And, and we, we see that on, on all levels yeah. um, of, of government that change, 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 but right. everything's going to stay the same. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I know, you know, Mayor Nice had a lot of energy and he talked a lot about going door to door and, and spending, I mean, I think he said, but you know, in the since he announced his campaign until the election was over, there were maybe six days or seven days where he wasn't going door to door. So that kind of face to face on the ground strategy really worked for him, mm-hmm. and he seemed to be really excited about it. Um, and he's made some fairly big changes right. in some of the departments. You know, combining the parks department, uh-huh. and the Tolson Center was a big deal. Right. Um, so he is making some some pretty exciting changes, mm-hmm. but a lot of the things that he's doing were kind of in motion right. um, already. So I think, yeah, people were just looking for a new face, right. new energy. I think, and, and since I grew up way before social media, I think social mm-hmm. media, there, you know, there was a cult of personality when I was a kid and, you know, the, you know, the, the Kennedys and, and uh, the Rockefellers and all those People were, you know, they were they were up there. Reagan was up there, and it's changed to the point where it's come down to the local level now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny because a, a friend of mine is a councilman in Mishawaka, and he didn't do a whole lot of campaigning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had previously been a, a, a council person, and uh, and then was de- 
defeated and then decided he didn't want to do it until his wife talked him into doing it again. And uh, but he, right, but you know he he put his signs out and he he did use a Facebook page and yeah. and the Facebook page I think kind of pushed him over the edge mm-hmm. because the funny thing is is both him and the other candidate live in my neighborhood and when my wife and I did our nightly four mile walk, we would uh, run into the other candidate and he was out shaking hands and talking to people in person while my friend was uh, actually using the Facebook and yeah. he was doing the other two. But it, it, I, I think it gave him a little bit of an edge. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's funny. It's funny to see that. And I just hope that when we're electing political candidates all the way from councilmen all the way up to president, that we're really looking at what, what they're all about. And it's not I'm on my soapbox now. It's not (laughs) what you hear them say, and it's not what you read in a Facebook meme. It's you got to actually go in and read stuff. And you got to read stuff that so-and-so said in 1988 and Mm -hmm. and, and see how that coincides with the beliefs he or she is espousing now and and make sure you make good, good choices. And it really... It takes work, you know. They say it's 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 your uh, your your right and your duty to vote, and it, just to add to it, it's your right and duty to be an informed voter. Yes, <laughs> and don't just go in there and pull put, push the buttons of the one who looks best on TV or whatever. Is there anything as far as causes, any websites you want to promote, and anything besides your politically speaking, any anything that you'd like to get out there for the folks? Yeah, watch Politically Speaking okay. <laughs> on Sunday afternoons. Definitely reach out to us on, on Facebook. I know my email address is out there. Right. Um, it's on the website. It's on the show. You okay. can send me questions that you have. Okay. Um, you know, we're always interested in hearing from our viewers and hearing from the folks in the community about what they're interested in learning mm-hmm. about. And that that helps me put a lot of ideas together that, that can really help me you know, put a whole show together, maybe, mm-hmm. or at least a segment on that. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're always excited to hear Great. to hear from people and to keep keep everybody engaged. Because right. yeah, we want we definitely want people to vote, but we want informed voters. Uh-huh. I think we always need to yeah. be encouraging people to go out and and get to know their local elections mm-hmm. as well as national candidates. And um, I think that's hopefully what we try to do on politically speaking right. is is remind people that the local elections are are very important too. And it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, to each, every four years, this is such a huge spike in turnout for a presidential election when we struggle Uh um, to get people to come out and off your election. That's that's a fascinating, definitely a fascinating, I guess, sociological experiment to see what, what gets people excited when, when we see time and time again, the local, you know, your local school board and your state representative having much more of an impact on your life than whoever is in the white house. So, I, I know that uh, when I voted in the last off 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 year election, I looked at the number on the voting booth, and mm-hmm. I didn't go until about three thirty in the afternoon, and I was number thirty six on on, yep. on my booth, and there was five other booths in there, but mm-hmm. if you multiply that by five, that's still not too many. It's <laughs> so, not. So that's that, that's too bad. And I think politically speaking, they re they re show that on is it Wednesday evenings? Um, it's Wednesdays and Mondays. When, okay, um, Mondays, Wednesdays and Wednesdays. Wednesdays as well, and um, too. I think I have to. You can go to the website to look okay. at the times or or look at your programming okay. um, schedule. But I think Mondays, I believe, is at okay. five o'clock. 
um, but I'm not sure about Wednesday nights. But okay. they're always available online okay. um, at wnit.org slash politically speaking. Okay. Um, so you can always find all the all the interviews on there. Great. Well, Corinne, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And uh, thanks for coming. And good luck in uh, getting your you. degree. Yeah. I think you, I think you're pretty much there now. Yes. You just got a couple <laughs> couple more things to do. And good luck with uh, politically speaking and it looks like a bright future for you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me and good luck with this podcast. This is really an exciting idea. I look yeah. forward to hearing your other interviews. Thank you. Thank you. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.